So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how is this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Script, the podcast where we put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch and take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks in entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screens. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your mental health professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode will contain explicit language and mature and adult themes. Thank you for joining us for a special bonus winter episode. Um, While we are taking a break between seasons, we couldn't miss an opportunity to come back for a holiday-themed session, and we are excited to be bringing The Nightmare Before Christmas to the couch today. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go to a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington I am the Pumpkin King! dreams of something different. What is this? Jack, look out! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. The scissors What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? (laughs) The enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton, The Nightmare Before Christmas. As you just heard, Dr. Fran and I are super excited to be chatting about The Nightmare Before Christmas today. It is a 1993 American stop-motion animated musical written by Tim Burton. And the story follows Jack Skellington, Halloween Town's Pumpkin King, who starts to express a lot of feelings of boredom um, and that he just overall feels bored with his life and having the same routine. So while he rules over a Halloween town, which is the fantasy world filled with lots of monsters and is really focused on scaring people, um, he accidentally finds Christmas Town. And once he finds Christmas Town, he's really intrigued by the new holiday with its bright colors and warm spirits. In his excitement, he plans to bring Christmas back to his town and take control of Christmas by kidnapping Santa Claus and trying to take over the role in becoming Santa. So while Jack works to make a frightening Christmas, things don't go quite according to his plan. Shocking. Of course. Shocking that trying to steal Christmas doesn't work out. <laughs> I think we've heard that before. Yeah, that's okay. There's some other <laughs> sessions we've covered that have a similar theme, trying to steal Christmas and it not working out so well. Very true. Um, And so there are a lot of different themes that we could possibly talk about with The Nightmare Before Christmas today. So we'll talk about a couple of those themes for our special holiday 
uh, themed session. I wanted to know also that interestingly, this year in 2023, the movie was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So I think that's pretty cool that you know, this movie kind of had a special anniversary this year and is being recognized for, I think, the unique and exciting movie that it is. And if you're interested in watching and haven't seen it, like Dr. Fran, who watched it for this session for the first time, or if you just want to rewatch it, it is available to stream on Disney+. Plus. Way to call me out, Dr. Sam. <laughs> yes, that is true. This was my first People time. No, Yeah, this was my first time watching it. And uh, right before we hopped on, we were debating, like, is this a Christmas movie or is this a Halloween movie? And <laughs> I think it could go either way. But as I started watching it, I was like, this feels very creepy Halloween. But then, of course, one of the major themes is Christmas and the spirit of Christmas and Santa Claus and, and all those things. So I think it's a movie you could watch at either time of year, but even in general, just during the like fall winter time period. Exactly. I definitely find it to be both. I always wait until actually around Halloween and watch it right before Halloween. And that kind of gets me into like the fall Halloween mood. Um, but I love the music. I love the art. We'll talk more about our impressions of the movie at the end a little bit. Um, but I was really excited to put this one on our couch today. Yeah. And I think a big theme we're really going to talk about is some of what Jack is going through. He's obviously our main character, Jack Skellington. And really the movie centers <laughs> on him and his like, um, you know, process that he goes through throughout the film of kind of like identity crisis, like dealing like Dr. Sam mentioned in the, in the synopsis, like this monotony and this boredom with just every year, all basically they spend 365 days a year or 364 days a year preparing <laughs> for the next Halloween. And as soon as Halloween ends, they're like, okay, we got to start preparations again. And you can see that he kind of starts to get a little bored with the repetition of that. Mm -hmm. It's funny because as we were prepping for this session, I was also thinking about it. And even though I love this movie and know it very well, I had never made this connection. I know we just alluded to there's like some similarities with the Grinch with Jack, like trying to still uh, Christmas and also having a dog companion like Max and Zero kind of being parallel characters. Um, but I also think of Monsters, Inc. You know how in that mm -hmm. movie, Dr. Fran, it's like all the monsters like scaring the people. Mm -hmm. I feel like Monsters, Inc. was maybe inspired by the Nightmare Before Christmas because that's what this whole Halloween town is, is a bunch of monsters who are constantly like preparing to just scare like people like in the human realm or world. Yeah. Um, so I feel like maybe someone saw that and was like, like, wait, let's tell the story from the monsters and more about the scaring and less about the prepping for Halloween and trying yeah. to take over Christmas. Uh, yeah. There's similar, similar vibes there, which then like, again, another thing we were debating before we hopped on is like, is this really a kid's movie? And I was, I was joking that like, as a kid, I would not have been able to watch. It's probably why I have not seen this movie because it is very creepy. Like the, um, mm -hmm. the character, like the, the images are really like well done and like very detailed, but like yeah. very spooky. Um, and I mean, if, if you've been following the podcast at all, you know, I do not like creepy, spooky, scary. And so like, especially a younger version of myself would not have been able to handle this movie, even though it's like surface level and, you know, nothing horrible actually happens because it's a kid's movie, but enough of the creepy vibes are there that I would not have been able to handle this movie. That's true. The content isn't scary. Like there's not scary stuff happening, but the characters are very spooky and scary. And some of the things um, like when they're prepping for Christmas, but they're kind of turning Christmas like scary, mm -hmm. they'll talk about some scary things and um, unpleasant things, I guess, that don't really seem to go with Christmas. But 
I definitely feel like that's why you haven't seen it before, Dr. Fran, and you would have been afraid, like, or more frightened when you were younger. For sure. Um, whereas, like, I like, like, I like spooky, creepy things, especially if they're made to be, like, cute, which is, I think, exactly what this movie yeah. <laughs> does. <laughs> um, but let's go back to our, our protagonist, Jack Skellington. So one of the main parts of his identity, as we've kind of already mentioned a couple of times, is that he is the Pumpkin King. So he really is like the ruler of Halloween Town. And he kind of like what he says goes and people really look to him in terms of like what they're going to do for Halloween and what they're going to do in Halloween Town. But he starts to feel really tired about like kind of just being the Pumpkin King and ruling over Halloween. Just like last year and the year before that. And the year before that. So we start to hear Jack really just expressing his displeasure of like, there's nothing really new and all he's doing all year is prepping for Halloween and all he's doing is scaring people. And he's starting to wonder like, is that, is this all there is to my life? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty relatable feeling that like some people go through like as a, and as an adult where like you're in a job and you kind of just go through the same routine over and over again. I feel like for some people that can be a familiar feeling of just getting a little tired of the monotony and like being like, I need to change things up. Like I want something different out of my life. And we'll talk a little bit about how that relates to other themes in psychology. Yeah, definitely. And even children and teenagers, right? Going to school every day, Mm -hmm. kind of feeling you just have the same expectations and maybe you'd rather be doing things that are more fun or maybe you don't even know what those things that are more fun would be, but you know that there might be something out there, right? Which I think is what Jack is definitely experiencing. Um, So he, you know, the beginning of the movie really shows us like it's the end of Halloween. They're starting to prep for the next um, Halloween that's coming up. And he's just not as excited as he usually is. And everyone's congratulating him on a great Halloween. And he's just really kind of not really feeling like himself. So let's hear Jack sing a little bit about what he's really feeling um, after this Halloween season. Yet year after year, it's the same routine. And I grow so weary of the sound of screams. And I, Jack! The Pumpkin King have grown so tired of the same old thing. Oh, somewhere deep inside of these bones, an emptiness began to grow. There's something out there far from my home. Longing that I've never known. So I think that's a really uh, telling clip from that song. And you, of course, if you see the film, there's also a lot of visuals that go along with it. And this is the scene where he's in the graveyard and is um, it, it's, it's interesting because he acts as if during Halloween, everything's fine. Everything's great. He kind of puts on this show. And then as soon as he leaves and doesn't think anyone's watching, we hear this song and we see like how he's really feeling. Um, and I think there's, there's some um, like articles out there that I saw that kind of ex- describe what he's going through a little bit as like some depressive symptoms, which I think could be accurate. It's of course, Dr. Sam and I are always going to say we need more information uh, to provide any type of diagnosis, but I think there's aspects there, right. That like feeling of emptiness, feelings of loneliness. I feel like mm-hmm. if this kept going on without him doing something different or changing things up, he would likely kind of go down that path to potentially be depressed and not really want to do the things he used to enjoy, you know, if he's not there already. 
true. And he's starting to feel like he doesn't really understand like what's going on with himself, but also the others don't understand him. Mm -hmm. So in this song, which is called like Jack's Lament, um, he talks about like how he's a skeleton with a grin. Um, and I think to your point, Dr. Fran, it's like, it's that facade he's putting on the show Mm -hmm. and he's smiling, but he doesn't really feel that way inside. Um, and he goes on to say like, people just don't really understand. And actually he would give up being the pumpkin king if he could. So I think there's also like some like feelings of expectations and pressure of him, like to continue in this role, even though maybe it's not bringing him joy, not making him happy or fulfilled. Um, so he continues to, you know, kind of like walk along the graveyard with zero. And then that's when he happens upon Christmas town. And we'll definitely get to that. But like, in the movie, he is, I think, like figuratively and literally like searching for something new yeah. <laughs> and kind of stumbles upon it. Um, and so you mentioned like an identity uh, crisis, um, you know, and we don't really know how old Jack Skellington <laughs> is because he is a, skelling, a skeleton and maybe like a ghost creature. I don't know exactly what his um, his uh, like what title his, what is. What his status of-, of life is. Yeah, status of life, (laughs) monster name is, he's definitely some type of skeleton. Um, And so, you know, you made the mention of like, is this like an existential or midlife crisis, like just identity crisis, like trying to figure out who he is. And I should give credit to to producer Brandon, but he made a comment midlife or mid-death, since again, we don't know how old Jack is. (laughs) Or if he's even alive. Or even if he is alive, yeah, I don't think he is maybe an alive creature. So he's in this like fantasy world. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, he is trying to figure out pieces of himself. And so I think that's one of the main things in watching The Nightmare Before Christmas that we wanted to focus on is that idea of, you know, what is going on with Jack in terms of his identity and developing his identity. Um, And we've talked about identity in different ways and in different contexts, like throughout the podcast with different sessions. Um, And as I think we all know, our identities or just identity in general is very complex. It involves various facets of who we are. Um, And there are a lot of different theories out there to help define and understand what identity is, how identity develops, and different pro- like processes related to identity. Um, one way we can think of identity is like the goals, values, and beliefs to which a person is like committed or kind of holds um, to be true for them. Uh, so we can kind of think about that when we're thinking about Jack. Mm-hmm. I think another piece about when we think about what like theories or ideas are out there about identity. A lot of them really focus on like development pre adulthood. Um, Mm -hmm. Like Erickson's theory of psychosocial development, for example, is one that we'll like briefly touch on today. And the majority of those stages of development are all in the like, you know, from infancy to adulthood. And then usually adulthood's kind of lumped into this one category, um, even though like it lasts way longer (laughs) than the rest of the time period. Um, So I think that's like, just kind of goes to show that, it's kind of like an under-researched area and like a not well understood. And it's not linear in the same way that obviously like adolescence isn't always the exact same for every single person, but there is a little bit more predictability of the developmental, um, you know, biologically and um, social, socially um, versus in adulthood, there's a lot of ebbs and flows. And I think, again, we don't know how old Jack is, but regardless of where he falls in the kind of the adulthood, he may be going through some identity, um, considerations and identity development, even though he is an adult stage of life and like kind of settled in a career, if you, if you will. 
Yeah, as the pumpkin king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of like the theorists and people who study identity out there will agree that identity does continue to evolve over the course of the life um, of an individual's life or in Jack's case, an individual's afterlife. Um, but I, <laughs> um, and I think, you know, you're right in that a lot of what we know in terms of like what's defined or broken down really focuses on the pre-adult period, especially like adolescence. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kind of like research and just like theories related to the development of identity in the adolescent years. And then like in the young adult emerging adulthood years, which we've talked a little bit about in the past um, with some of the other sessions like stepbrothers or even um, sex education when we've Mm -hmm. talked about development in those ways. Um, But I think in Jack's case, it's like he might have some facets of who he is at this time that are consistent, right? It's been consistent over time that he's been this pumpkin king who knows for how long they've relied on him and he's enjoyed being the pumpkin king and the others around him, like Sally and the mayor. He has like consistent relationships. He consistently lives in Halloween town. So there are some things, you know, that maybe might seem more like set in terms of his identity But then, you know, he's continuing to look at like, okay, yes, this is who I am now. And who do I want to be or who am I? Um, And what other goals or things do I, you know, want to like continue to derive meaning from like for my life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, again, a really common um, like experience in this adulthood period of this kind of searching for meaning and trying to identify like, what is my purpose? And some people are able to find that maybe earlier in their adulthood, but then maybe they reevaluate it later. Like, right. Like, again, as Dr. Sam mentioned, like the most theorists out there believe and understand that like, you know, this is a continual process and there's not just like, oh, you've, you've met your identity achievement and you're done, right? That's it. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, done. <laughs> yeah. And I had, I had mentioned um, Erickson's theory earlier and, and the, again, the like one period for adulthood, that's kind of all lumped, mostly lumped into it's middle adulthood, but that it captures, I forget exactly the ages, but it's like 30 to 70 or something. It's this like very large period of adulthood. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, they characterized it by generativity versus stagnation and it's big words for some reason, uh, but essentially just referring to the idea of generativity being when someone's able to reach the point where they're able to figure out ways to make a positive impact on the world, um, whether that's through like engaging in meaningful work or like having children, like doing something that feels like they're contributing um, to their community or to their environment in some way and finding purpose in that versus stagnation feeling like stuck or unproductive or feeling like they lack a sense of purpose. And so I do actually feel like this fits quite well for Jack, especially at the beginning of the movie where he may be leaning more in that stagnation. If he just, he's trying to figure out what is his purpose and is being the pumpkin king really the purpose that he wants his life to, to be. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, my read on Jack is that maybe previously he had like reached a period of generat. Uh, generativity where he was feeling like he was making a positive impact and he had purpose in his work. And then maybe just by continuing to be introspective and kind of like evaluating his life, maybe it became or started to feel more in the like stagnation phase. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we see Jack starting to seek like, Oh, okay. Now I'm starting to feel stuck. Maybe I'm not having as much of a sense of purpose. Like we hear Jack and the song that we listen to, like talk about how something is missing and he thinks there might be something more, but he doesn't really know what it mm-hmm. is and just kind of feeling like incomplete. Um, and so that's when we find that Jack kind of stumbles into the Christmas town. And then when he 
discovers Christmas Town, it's all so amazing to him, right? He is like actually like in the movie, you noticeably see his mood perks up. He's like happy. He's smiling. He's run around, running around asking like, what's this? Expressing how people are happy. They're not screaming. They're not sad. That there's just like a general sense of cheer. And he expresses that maybe this is what he's been looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's such a good example, like you said, of like that kind of like shaking things up or like experiencing something novel yeah. or trying to like seek something new to kind of get him out of his comfort zone and, and disrupt that stagnation process. Um, and so it seems all well and good, right? He's discovering Christmas town. He's <laughs> or Christmas land, Christmas town. Um, he's discovering the place yeah. where Christmas is and he's all excited about it. <laughs> and he gets really excited about bringing that back to um, everyone in Halloween town. Um, but they don't seem to get it as much as he does. No, (laughs) they don't, they seem kind of confused, like, okay, this thing sounds really great. And he tries to show them, um, like presents, for example, like, oh, there's like presents and, you know, everyone's really excited. And he's like the, the rest of the people in Halloween town, like the ghouls and goblins they're like okay well is there a severed hand in the box like what makes the present exciting you know they're like asking about these like really scary things and so he kind of resigns and kind of says to himself like okay they're not getting it so I'm going to kind of give them what they want um but then he walks away and he expresses like how he feels about Christmas land that they don't understand well at least they're excited but they don't understand that special kind of feeling in Christmas land. I think that's another theme that I noticed in The Nightmare Before Christmas was kind of just this like theme of um, maybe not always being able to understand or like label or even like express emotions. And I feel like this pop up pops up in a couple ways with Jack. So like Dr. Fran, you mentioned that it does seem like there are some like maybe depressive type symptoms or sad symptoms. He talks about in his songs being tearful, being lonely. We also see him withdrawing from the other people mm-hmm. of Halloween Town, like kind of just keeping to himself. He's losing interest in things that used to make him feel happy, like being Pumpkin King and Halloween. Um, so we definitely see some of that. And he sings about it, but he also sings about it in a way where he's not really understanding like like why these feelings are maybe happening or even what he's feeling. Yeah. And then I think on the other end of the spectrum, when he gets the Christmas land, we also hear him like kind of singing like about like, you know, the main song is called what's this. And it's him literally going around kind of describing what's happening around him and like a sense of like maybe positive feelings inside, but not being able to identify like that. That's like happiness or cheer or joy, like kind of being confused about what emotions he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's like part of the, the consequence of they having this like siloed cult, you know, Halloween only, and they only, you know, have fear or whatever <laughs> the emotion and Christmas, they only have joy, right? Like it's these like siloed mm-hmm. emotions almost. Um, as a byproduct Very of like polar. separating, yeah, separating the the uh, the holidays up like that. Um, I think it's interesting <laughs> because then I, I feel like he's actually not it's not nefarious when he tries to bring Christmas back to Halloween town. And I feel like it's also not exactly nefarious when he tries to marry the two. There's a little bit there where he's kind of like, well, you know, if we're gonna have it and we're gonna make it even better, like I feel like there's a little bit of maybe like competitiveness or, um, but I feel like he genuinely just doesn't get that what he's doing is wrong, which doesn't necessarily excuse it's it. True. Right. But it, it is just like an interesting, like he's not like, doesn't villainize himself and try to, you know, I'm not, he's not there to ruin Christmas, like the Grinch, right? Like it's a lot less overt no. than that. 
That's very true. He doesn't set out to like, oh, I want to ruin Christmas or this thing. It really is like, oh, I've been feeling sad and down. And now there's this other feeling I don't understand, but maybe it's better. And I think he wants to go all out, right? He's the pumpkin king. So he's used to Halloween going all out, making it the best Halloween every year. So now it's Christmas. He's like, I'm going to make it the best Christmas. But unfortunately, he feels like to do that, he kind of has to get rid of Santa Claus or not get rid of, I shouldn't say, but he has to kind of um, like keep Santa Claus from being Santa and Jack wants to become Santa Mm -hmm. and he wants to go into the human world and deliver the presents and be Santa. But he doesn't really understand Christmas um, fully. uh, And that leads to a lot of problems with the way he interprets and delivers Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I do. Yeah, I do think he gets carried away with right. It's one thing if he just takes stuff from Christmas land and brings it to Halloween Town, yeah. and they just you know celebrate it. But if instead it's oh, let's bring Halloween stuff into Christmas land, which does not go as well mm-hmm. as the other way around, because then it's like you know toys that are attacking children, and you know really yes. not ideal things happening. Yeah, it's like toys that the Halloween Town people would like, but not that like people people would like that are getting Christmas presents. Yeah, I feel like those scenes I would have been like, yeah, I'm never opening a present again. <laughs> oh no, you'd been scared of Christmas. <laughs> That's probably oh why my, my parents didn't have me watch this movie. I never would have opened a Christmas present again. That's true. They would have known. And I think part of this whole thing with Jack too is he's also exploring because he still can't quite like put his thumb on again his feelings and especially around Christmas Um, And so I think part of him doing Christmas is like trying to figure it out. Like, what is Christmas and how does it feel? And is this my purpose? And is this my way to give something to others that also makes me feel happy? Um, And he he's always kind of just still trying to figure it out. And he tries to take a logical approach, uh, quote unquote, logical approach. And we hear him discuss how he's trying to figure out Christmas. There's got to be a logical way to explain this Christmas thing. Spoiler, there's not. Yeah, there's not. But I really like the sequence of scenes that come after this because Jack Skeleton Skellington starts doing quote unquote science experiments uh-huh. on Christmas to figure it out. So he's like, you know, like he's trying to cut uh, like paper snowflakes. And in his experiment, the paper snowflakes keep coming out like spider webs. And he's trying to like figure out like what's in a candy cane and there's like melts. And so it's just like funny, funny sequence of events for people who, you know, are researchers or scientists. Like we are Dr. Fran to see his science. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and to your, I think to your like overall theme that you're talking about here, like you cannot really like quantify emotion, which is what he's trying to understand. He's trying to understand like what it is to feel joy, which is what he felt in Christmas town. He's trying to replicate that. And that is not Mm -hmm. something that like science alone or like research alone can Uh, explain explain unfortunately not and i think it's kind of interesting because it also kind of shows like he had joy before as the pumpkin king and all of a sudden that went away for some reason and he doesn't know why or how and now he's experiencing joy with christmas and i feel like he is trying to distill it down to ensure that he can like capture it forever almost Mm -hmm. right like he doesn't want to lose it again and i think that also kind of shows that like even the joy he's experiencing with christmas might be fleeting like it was with the pumpkin king because there might be some sort of disconnect in the in the way he's seeking joy and happiness that it's not able to be maintained right mm-hmm. um and maybe that misunderstanding of his feelings and you know and the christmas spirit or the halloween spirit or you know those kind of things in his environment 
Yeah. And I think that's part of why he gets so carried away because I think there's this underlying element of probably fear of, I had this feeling of joy and I don't want to, I feel fear and hope, right? I have hope that maybe I don't have to feel, you know, sad and lonely and longing anymore and fear that if I don't do something and go big and do everything I possibly can, I'm not going to get to feel that again. So I feel like that's part of why he goes just a little bit or a lot of bit too far in terms of kidnapping Santa Claus and taking over the Santa Claus role and trying to integrate Halloween and Christmas and just going like way too far. Way too far. And I think a part of it is also his environment. Like the people around him, they all adore him, Mm -hmm. right? Like he's the pumpkin king. He can do no wrong. And so everyone just kind of agrees with him. Okay, Jack, we are going to make these presents. We'll do it. You want us to do this? We'll do it, right? Like the like doctor, the like um, kind of Frankenstein type character, he creates like the Frankenstein reindeer, Mm -hmm. right? Like Um, Frankenstein's monster kind of version like reindeer for Jack and so everyone is really willing to do what he wants too and I think that's a piece of this because no one um, either they're really not worried or they don't have any other feelings except for Sally who is um, one of the other main characters in the movie like Sally is the person who worries about what's going to happen to Jack and she has a bad feeling about how things are progressing and the mayor The mayor also on several occasions expresses feeling worried, but he goes along with what Jack wants too. And I think interestingly, like we have Jack who kind of has these ambiguous, like doesn't really understand a lot of the emotions. And then the mayor's character who is literally like two-faced. So his emotions are very, at least outwardly explicit. He's either has a smile or he has this very like anxious grimace face. And so we just see him switch back and forth between like when he's happy or when he's like really overwhelmed and anxious. Um, So I think that that's like an interesting juxtaposition with Jack too. Yeah. And I think Sally's like the only character who has like some level of emotional awareness or like maturity, Mm -hmm. uh, at least like stably, stably throughout the film. Um, And she even like, True. Before he goes and does all of the Santa Claus and Halloween and uh, Christmas stuff, she tries to convince him not to go through with it. And, you know, she has this premonition. But I think she also just genuinely, like, appreciates him for who he is and doesn't and kind of sees that what he's trying to do is maybe not going to actually fill the purpose that he wants it to. And then she kind of tries to remind him that, you know, he's the pumpkin king, not Santa Claus. And he's just so, so deep down that path that he doesn't really see. He doesn't really hear her. Uh, Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think she is the character that kind of demonstrates the most like emotional maturity in that way and like tries to to talk about it with Jack, but he's just not ready to hear it at that point. Yeah. Um, but there is a point when he starts to become a little bit more emotionally aware. And this happens after his Santa Claus debacle. So, you know, spoiler alert um, time if you have not seen the movie. Um, but Jack Skellington's reindeer and sleigh is basically brought down because he is an intruder and they're calling him the imposter santa and he's kind of like wreaking havoc wherever he goes so they you know um are able to you know kind of get him out of the air and he lands again in the graveyard with him and zero and he's kind of it's kind of the low point Mm -hmm. for our, our jack skellington here he kind of starts asking himself like what have I done? Like everything has gone wrong. Like none of this worked out and no one understands him. But let's listen to him again, sing kind of this realization when things haven't gone well, but maybe we start to hear a little bit of a a change in tune, literally. And nobody really understood 
Well, how could they? That all I ever wanted was to bring them something great. Why does nothing ever turn out like it should? Well, what the heck? I went and did my best, and my God, I really tasted something swell. And for a moment, why, I even touched the sky, and at least I left some stories they can tell. I did, and for the first time since I don't remember when, I felt just like my old bony self again. And I jerked the Pumpkin King. That's right. I am the Pumpkin King. <laughs> and I just can't wait until next Halloween. Cause I've got some new ideas that will really make them scream. And by God, I'm really going to give it all my might. Uh-oh. I hope there's still time to set things right. Yay, Jack! <laughs> There's a lot of emotional. It's like an emotional roller coaster. I feel like in just that like one minute clip yes. of that song. Yes, it really is. That's why I like it. I thought it encompasses like the movie well. Yeah, because I feel like he actually starts off almost resentful or angry. He's like, I tried to do this for these mm-hmm. people, and they're not. They're not happy, and he's like very angry. But then it's a very quick shift into. Mm-hmm. But I felt something good and maybe I can channel all of this into something I know I'm good at or something that I, you know, have found purpose in before. And he feels like kind of reinvigorated in his like role as the pumpkin king, but it's a very quick shift. It is. I think, you know, there's a little bit of the song that comes before this where he's kind of more feeling sad though, mm-hmm. like, you know, about how things haven't worked out. And so this is the moment is where he's like, you know, no one understood what I was trying to do. And then I see it as he kind of starts to come to a realization, like, Maybe he didn't even understand what he was trying to do because as he's talking, he's like, you know, I was doing this to bring something to like the people, right? Like mm-hmm. Halloween town people or maybe even like regular people. And then he kind of realizes and it didn't work out, but like I really tried my best and, you know, actually there were some parts of it that were good, even though it didn't work out perfectly. And like now I realize, like, yeah, the pumpkin king, like he's kind of refinding his meaning and being the pumpkin king and giving to people in that way, as opposed to having to seek something new. And I feel like sometimes that can happen, right? We talked about like with the stagnation it's like, it doesn't mean necessarily you have to go out and become Santa Claus. Um, maybe you do, maybe you realize you don't want to be the pumpkin king. You are more Santa Claus now, but maybe also just trying to be Santa Claus and realizing like, Oh, these were the pieces that I was missing, or these are the things that I enjoy. And I can still bring that back to my role as pumpkin king. So I feel like I like that that little clip because it shows a lot of the different emotions Jack's going through and maybe he's finally understanding them. I also thought it kind of shows like we've talked about this in other sessions, but like cognitive reframing, right? As a part of cognitive behavioral therapy where you kind of take that automatic thought that he was having where like n- nothing ever turns out like it should, right? Mm-hmm. He's basically like everything always goes yeah, wrong. Yeah, like very black but or then white he starts thinking, to kind of, yeah. Exactly. Very black or white thinking. But then he starts to challenge it. Like, well, actually, like I tried my best and there were some good things that came out of it. And I do like being the pumpkin king. So I think he does a nice job of having this really negative thought, but then turning it around and then kind of coming back to feeling more at peace with things. So I liked that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a really, it was a really nice scene um, and a lot packed into one song. Right. And I, as much as (laughs) listeners know, I don't love musicals. I do think there is something that makes 
emotions more salient in a song because I think there's more you sometimes more you can convey in terms of like the tone or the you know the music supports the emotion so I do think the movie does that well um, even though musicals are not in my top genre (laughs) yeah it can be very poetic yeah um But after Jack realizes that he's happy again to be the Pumpkin King, he does run off and he is able to save Santa from the Oogie Boogie. And Santa goes and is able to successfully complete like a happy, non-scary Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not lost. So he also, (laughs) yeah. I was going to say, I'd be curious, like they don't really end the movie like this, but I'd be curious, like what does, what do future Halloweens look like? Like, is there... You know, is it like, oh, I'm going to still, you know, does he go full in to just stay the pumpkin king and he goes all out on Halloween and like mixes it up? Or does he have, you know, elements of Christmas in there because he's inspired? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious, like we don't know for sure. So I guess it's just left left up to your interpretation. But um, I'm curious where he goes in terms of like his purpose and how this inspires future Halloweens for him. Yeah, good question. Because he did say in that song, he's like, I have so many ideas. Yeah. <laughs> like, what ideas do you have? <laughs> yeah, what are they? <laughs> maybe they have their own, like, non-human um, Christmas. Like, maybe it's more like, okay, we just keep Christmas in Halloween town, but it's our yes. Christmas Halloween version. Like, a little, like, break from preparing for Halloween. I don't know. A little dead Christmas. Yeah. Producer Brandon. Yeah, dead Christmas. Pr- producer Brandon says the nightmare after Christmas. Mm, exactly. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we had mentioned there could be a lot of topics for today, but we wanted to kind of keep it focused for like a fun holiday themed session. So we are not going to go um, into in depth about any other topics, but I am curious since it was your first time seeing the movie, Dr. Fran, and we know you don't love musicals and we know you don't like scary things too much, but what did you think about the movie overall? <laughs> um, so, I mean, so I enjoy the Tim Burton uh, vibes, right? Like, even though I don't love spooky stuff, mm-hmm. but like we've, we've covered Wednesday. I think there's some other stuff by Tim Burton um, that I've enjoyed. So I think the, um, like the aesthetic I enjoy and, Um, Like Dr. Sam and I were looking up like how they actually made this movie in terms of like the stop motion, like what they actually had, like the figures that they made and then, you know, would have to take a shot every time they moved Jack and move all the characters. Like, I think the artistic elements of this movie are like very incredible in terms of how it was made and Mm -hmm. um, the characters and everything. Um, Would I watch it again? Like, would I go out of my way to watch it again? I don't think so. Um, I think. Yeah, because Dr. Sam and I were also talking about this. I think this was not like a movie I saw in my childhood, so it doesn't have that same nostalgic tie as some other holiday movies or Halloween movies. I don't know who I'm kidding. I don't have any Halloween movies that are nostalgic for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I did think it was cute. And there were some of the songs I did like. Like I liked the the first Halloween, this is Halloween. Like that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And then the what's this I think is a cute song too. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? (laughs) Yeah, I think that one's catchy. The other, I think it's also the, there's a lot of writing in it that's very clever that I feel like is hard to catch unless you like are really listening for it. So that whole scene we talked about, I don't think we talked about this scene. Oh yeah, we did. Where they where he brings Christmas back to um, Halloween Town, and they're oh. trying to say all the things that you could do with the Christmas things, or like right, the Christmas present or the Christmas tree. And I feel like it's so fast, but there are so many little clever ways that they 
you know, make it creepy or make it twisted. Um, so I think there's just some, I, there's a lot of artistic, like the writing and the um, aesthetics that I really appreciate. Um, I don't think anyone will be super surprised to hear your take, Dr. Sam, but what do you think about this movie? Oh, yes. I love this movie. I will say, um, while I appreciate it as a Christmas movie, I largely watch it before, uh, like in, I watch it on Halloween. And then kind of like after Halloween, I, I watch this movie and that kind of just sets off my holiday like movie TV show where I like to get into the after like Nightmare Before Christmas and after Halloween, I like to get into like watching a lot of other holiday movies. <laughs> um, but I, I, I love the music. I think the music is so well done and um, I really enjoy the, the soundtrack, I, the art. I'm a big, as everyone knows, Tim Burton fan. So yeah, I really enjoy this movie. I watch it at least once a year. So kind of opposite of you. <laughs> and before this, Dr. Sam pulled out the book that she has oh. that is the original like poem illustrated. And illustrations by Tim Burton. Yeah. Yep. So she's got that on screen, which obviously you can't see. But so she's a she's an OG fan. <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it's great. But it was exciting to put on the couch. Like, I feel like with some of these, like we talk about in other sessions, like you never really know what themes will kind of speak to you or can get brought out. There are a lot of different ways, like psychology or how people interact with others. And so we would love to hear kind of what holiday or winter-related movies you enjoy watching or TV shows um, and We wish everyone a happy holiday season. Please do check out our previous holiday sessions. So um, after you listen to this episode on The Nightmare Before Christmas, check out our episodes on Elf, The Grinch, and we have a Hallmark Holiday movie one where we kind of talk about like why people love to hate or hate to love those (laughs) movies. Um, So definitely check out some of those as well. And we will be back in the spring for our next season. So we hope to see you there. Don't forget to check us out on social media at Freud Scripts Scripts Pod for updates on the new season and other bonus episodes. And then please subscribe, rate, and review. Time's up. See you next session. We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon. Creative director, Eric at Webmaster Dog. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Halloween, 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 Halloween.